Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply. Hello and welcome into Brewcast from Mesa Brew on the SB Nation Podcast Network. Here with your recording on Tuesday night, April 26th, headed into Wednesday, April 27th. Luke Giardi and Scotty White here with you as uh, we are back after the week off last week and coming off some big news over the weekend. And then, of course, looking forward uh, to Thursday night's first round of the NFL draft. Could be a great night for the former Wolverines and really for the future of the Wolverines program helping out, uh, you know, showing some recruits that they could be potential Wolverines being picked in the first round as well. So we'll get all to to it all tonight uh, on Brewcast here with you. But before we do, Scotty, how's it going, my man? How was the how was the week off last week? It was pretty good, and uh, we got a, a lot of big information regarding basketball. Uh, so I'm excited to dive right in and, and talk about that. What about you, man? How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. And like you said, uh, the big news, uh, amazing news, I think, for Michigan basketball next year, probably the biggest news of all is that Hunter Dickinson announced he is returning for his junior season in the Mason Blue. This is a monster, monster returnee for Michigan the most important piece coming into next year uh we'll get to the other two guys that you know we're, we're kind of leaning one way or another we're still a little muddy on the future of them but Hunter Dickinson coming back allows Michigan to be a contender right off the bat with already with what they've got with Hunter Dickinson coming back they are going to be a contender I would imagine in the Big Ten uh next year and I know you know it it might seem crazy to say that coming off the year they had in which they really weren't contenders in the Big Ten but the Sweet 16 run obviously you're losing some key cogs uh in that but with some of those freshmen like Frankie Collins for sure coming back and some guys you expect to make the leap into next year this is 
this is just so, so big for Jawan Howard and the Michigan Wolverines to get Hunter Dickinson coming back. Yeah, dude, this is huge. And, you know, Hunt showed down the stretch of last season that he can be that guy, you know, who can take over a game. Um, he can put the team on his back. Um, and he, he was huge in the run to the Sweet 16. And I think that that was kind of obviously, you know, Michigan didn't even didn't achieve their goals in the postseason. You know, it was uh, they wanted they wanted to go farther. They wanted to make it to the final weekend. Um, but I think that 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 final little run just kind of shows what the future is going to look like with Hunter Dickinson coming back. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm super excited. Obviously, he's the most valuable player on that team. Um, and it was surprising. I mean, I'm thinking we're either going to see a for sure he is going to the draft and he's not going to come back or at least he's going to go test the waters. I mean, he tested the waters a year ago, so I was thinking he was at least going to do that. Um, so it came as a bit of a shock, but I am extremely excited for that. Yeah, I think there were two major factors at play in the decision to return for Hunter Dickinson. Number one is what you just mentioned in that he did go and test the waters last year. He's not going to find – if he was on the fence, he's not going to find any more information going through the draft process this year. He got his evaluation last year. He knows what needs to happen in order for him to be an NBA player. And quite honestly, he's probably not going to be an NBA player right away, at least if he was coming out here this year. And that's where the second factor comes in, in the sense that he, he probably knows he's going to have a Luka Garza-esque. You know, I, I know he's good buddies with Luka. I think Luka's a little better shooter from the outside, you know, than Hunter Dickinson is right now, even though Hunter did have a pretty solid year, shot thirty-two, per, a little over 32, just under 33% from deep last year. But he's probably going to spend a, a good amount of time in the G League if he went. Now, the, the other factor in this is that he's not playing for free. You know, like technically he's playing on scholarship. The University of Michigan is not paying him, but with the NIL change, Hunter Dickinson is a marketable, marketable player. He's very popular around Ann Arbor. He's known nationally. He's, if you follow him on Instagram, man, he's doing a bunch of ads and stuff like that. Like he is making a good amount of money. By coming back to Michigan and playing, being the big name that he is, he's going to be playing on TV all the time, you know, with Michigan, especially if if they are what we kind of expect them to be here this year with a lot of guys making the leap and going to be a more competitive team here uh, this upcoming year. So obviously that's, that's the major factor. If NIL isn't a thing, there's no way Hunter Dickinson returns for year number three, but he's able to continue to work on his stuff. He's able to you know, go through another Camp Sanderson. He gets to continue to be coached by Juwan Howard. He gets to refine the things that will make him uh, potentially a, a decent NBA player and and to some value to some teams while earning some pretty good money back in Ann Arbor. Just a, 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 It's great for the game of college basketball. NIL is going to change college basketball for the better, in my opinion, and this is a perfect example of that. Uh, Armando Bacat, uh, Baycott as well, you know, out of UNC, Caleb Love coming back, um, Oscar, you know, from, from Kentucky coming back, the National Player of the Year. NIL is great for the game of college basketball. All those guys, ex- examples of that, and college basketball is going to be better off for it. Dude, yeah, you're, you're 100% right. I mean, there's no chance that these kind of guys are coming back if they're not going to be making this big money playing college basketball. And, you know, we touched on this last time we were discussing um, Hunt's potential return to Ann Arbor. I mean, dude, he's got he's got it good playing at Michigan. I mean, everybody on campus loves him. 
Well, um, like I said, he's not waiting in line at Skeeps or Ricks. He's getting right in. Like he's having the time of his life here and being able to make big money. Um, I mean, and when you're right, he's probably not going to go and be uh, a first round, you know, top five pick and go right to the NBA and be a star. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it makes sense to come back and make some money and enjoy these times. Um, play, I mean, honestly, you can't beat college basketball with the crowds the fans, the passion that the fans have, March Madness. I mean, when you're making NIL money, dude, you, you, can't, you can't deny that that is a perfect option to come back and play another year. Um, and also just to think about the jump that Hunt made from his freshman year to his sophomore year. If he can make another jump like that, I mean, dude, he wasn't shooting the three ball at all when he was a freshman. So to go from, I think he had one attempt to come in, he shot it pretty consistently this past year. Shot of that 32%, not a bad clip. If he can come in and make another jump like that, I mean, he was already a very scary player. But, I mean, we could be talking about a top five, top ten player in all of college basketball. Yeah, no question. Yeah, he went from, uh, as a freshman, he averaged 0.1 three-point attempts per game, upping that to a full two three-point attempts per game, which is an incredible leap. And to shoot it at the clip that he was able to, and it actually... Uh, down the end stretch of the season, he actually uh, fell off a little bit for a moment. Outside Zeb Jackson, I, I think he shot like three or four threes up to that point. You know, something like that. Something a very small sample size was the leading three point shooter on the team. Hunter Dickinson was second with a lot more attempts. Like it, it was crazy. He was really shooting yeah. the ball pretty well last year. And if he can do that, even with a little more consistency, maybe up that to around 34%. I mean, huh, it, it, he's going to be a dominant player. He, he was dominant this year, 18.6 points, 8.6 rebounds, shot 56% from the field, 80.2 free throw percentage shooter. I, I mean, like you said, he's he's a dominant big man. He's going to be a dominant player. Uh, we're we're going to get to see him go up against some of the best. Oscar, uh, man, I, I really I, I still can't pronounce his last name, unfortunately. So I'm not going to uh, try it out of <laughs> Kentucky. Uh, Tashiboy, uh, I'm just, I'm not 100 percent sure. I think I might have butchered that one, but but then uh, Armando Bacon as well. Like he's going to get to see both of those guys: the Kentucky game in London, and then uh, the the North Carolina game in the Jumpman Classic. So I, and again. That's what's great for college basketball. And and those are and we've got marketable athletes. These guys can profit off their marketability. Like that is going to be huge for these guys and these matchups early on in the season in the non-conference are so much better for that exactly, man. I'm so excited about the future of college basketball because it's going to be like before the one and done rule when guys did stay when when everyone, you know, says college basketball was at its at its greatest. That's what we're kind of reverting back to and and programs that can recruit and can develop and can hang on to their talent and guys that don't leave the portal, you can build some really good basketball teams and I think Michigan's on the way to doing that. Oh, yeah, dude. Juwan is doing that right now. And, yeah, I'm extremely excited for it, too. I mean, we're getting these guys that could be one and done. I mean, Hunt was almost one and done last year. Um, you know, he was he was showing up in, in some of those uh, projected NBA drafts. And now he's going to be a third-year guy. And it's just so good to see. I mean, when we have these talented players staying and getting better for one and two years, it just, you know, it makes the teams better. And it just makes college basketball more fun. Um, and yeah, I, uh, I do remember back in the, in kind of the first half of the season hunt was, 
I mean, I remember that game at Purdue. He was he was hitting just about every three he took. Um, and once he kind of got into the into March, you know, that Tennessee game, he hit some big ones. Um, so if he can kind of get that, like you said, get that up, man, he is going to be he's going to be very scary. The free throw shooting for a big having that at 80 percent. I mean, that's just so impressive. Um, he just he has a lot. He has a lot on this game. And then, uh, of course, so we've got Hunter Dickinson coming back to the Wolverines. And then the the two guys that apparently moved the most silent in all of college basketball, Musa Diavante and Caleb Houston, the uh, the deadline to enter the name uh, ent- for early entries to enter their name into the NBA draft process was Sunday. We didn't learn about this until Monday, Scotty. We learned about yeah. Musa early afternoon entering his name into the draft process, but he still can retain his college eligibility. I don't think we learned about Caleb Houston either until Monday night or May. Yeah, it was it was last night, right? That we uh, yeah. that we kind of got word on Caleb Houston. He's doing the same thing, entering his name into the draft process uh, and still retaining his college eligibility. And th- this is not a surprise in any way, shape, or form. In fact, I hope Juwan encouraged both of these guys to do this. Because because there is absolutely nothing to lose if you're Musa Diabate or Caleb Houston by going through the draft process. Understand what the NBA scouts are looking for. Understand some of the things that you need to work on at to be a contributor at the next level. And look, if you end up getting you know word that you are going to be a lottery pick or that you are going to be a first-round pick, yeah, then you keep your name in the draft. There's nothing to lose. And if you're not, if they say, yeah, you you might sneak in the back of the first round, but you're likely to be a second-round pick, you know, and then you're like, you know what, I'm going to go back to school and I'm going to work on some of that stuff. I'm going to come back next year and I'm going to try to be a lottery pick. Like, there is no downside to these guys entering the draft process. Yeah, I mean, this was no shock at all. Uh, and like you said, you know, Hunt went through this last year. You know, he got all of that evaluation. He got everything that he needs. He knows what he has to do. Um, but for these guys, like you said, man, I mean, that's the smart thing to do. I think that a lot of people see those announcements and kind of assume they just see the entering the name in the draft and like, oh, okay, he's gone. But I mean, this is no surprise at all. Like these are two guys that, you know, have been discussed as, as NBA draft prospects. There's no reason to not go test the waters, get the feedback. I mean, that feedback, you know, you're hearing from the people that you need to hear from to know what you need to do to bring your game to the next level. Um, So, yeah, I mean, no shock at all. Wouldn't be surprised at all if they came back. Um, You know, it's it's not telling anything about whether they're staying or whether they're leaving. Um, But I think it's definitely a smart decision for both of them to do that. Yeah, no question. And I think if if only one of these guys does keep their name in the draft. I do think it'll be uh, Musa. Yeah. The reason that I, I say that is because, like, like look, his, his numbers obviously don't pop out at you. 9.6 rebounds on the year, 54% from the field, uh, struggled at the free throw line. But his athleticism, his build, yeah. his age, all of that, look, I wouldn't be surprised if an NBA team took a chance on, on Musa. I, I don't know if he's going to be a late lottery pick. Could be, you know, early 20, something like that. But if there's, I, I believe there is an NBA team that sees this package, sees how athletic he is, and really his motor, how hard he plays, they probably feel they could turn him into a pretty good player. I think Juwan can as well, but I wouldn't be all that shocked to see Musa Diabate keep his name in the NBA draft. On the flip side, I don't know about Caleb Houston, obviously. Um, he's he's prototypical. I think he needs to refine some confidence. Uh, and I think I do think 
you know, I, if he goes, you know, more power to him. I'm not going to say, you know, uh, what are you doing? Don't go into the NBA draft. You're not ready. I, I'm not that guy. I think he would benefit from another year in college, especially when you consider his age and that he should really be an incoming freshman here this year coming out of Canada, you know, with, with how young he is. So it, a, another year coming back and playing the college game and, and being now up to speed and going through a summer of Cam Sanderson, I think another year would do Caleb Houston really, really good. Well, but if he decides to go, I totally understand. If you want to go and make this your profession, again, totally get it. So uh, I, I would be surprised to see both of these guys keep their name in the draft. I believe Michigan's going to be getting at least one of two coming back, if not both, but uh, we'll, we'll see how the process plays out. I, I could be misreading the situation totally. I do think we see Caleb Houston coming back, though. Yeah, no, dude, I'm on the exact same page as you. Um, never going to criticize a guy for her for staying in the draft and telling them what you know, telling them that they need to come back, never going to be that guy. Um, but I, I totally agree. Um, the potential for Diabate with like, everything that you said, I mean, his athleticism, his size, his build. I mean, you just don't see those kind of big players with that kind of athletic ability. Um, so, I mean, the potential for him to be a star is clearly there. Um, and I mean, it's there with Caleb too. Um, but I think that like, and you brought up a great point too, that, you know, he should be an incoming freshman this year. Um, and, and the confidence is something that, that he certainly, um, needs to work on. Um, you know, he, he would kind of go through waves this past season where he would struggle and then he'd knock down a couple big shots and then that would lead to more big shots. Um, so that's definitely something he could work on. Um, I, I think that if, that if I had to guess, I would say that Musa is going to stay in the draft and Caleb's going to come back. Those would be my guesses at this point. Yeah, I, I lean that way as well. I do think Musa will keep his name in the draft because, again, I do think Musa, Musa Diabate will be a first-round pick. Now, I know that, you know, the, the mocks didn't have any of the three, Hunter, Caleb, or, or Musa on them, but I do think Musa will you know, at the NBA Combine, we'll, we'll test through the roof, and all of a sudden they're going to be like, oh, my God, you know, let's let's get this guy and let's develop him, whether the plan is to spend a first-rounder on him and maybe have him spend some time in the G League. But you look at that, that's no longer like a, 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 a stain on any of these players in the NBA anymore. I think I saw 40 or 45% of current NBA players have spent at least some time in the G League. Like, NBA yeah. teams are starting to utilize that more and more as the talent pool grows and grows. And it's a really good development tool. So if Musa understands that he might not be a full-time NBA guy going into next year and he still wants to go but but work at that a little bit, I totally get it if you're going to be a first-round pick and you got that guaranteed contract. Oh, yeah, dude. I mean... If you want a prime example of starting off in the G League and yeah. developing your skills, how about you take a look at Jordan Poole, exactly. man? Exactly. I mean, he is he has been killing it. Um, I mean, also Duncan Robinson. Uh, I mean, starting off in the G League is no shame. Uh, you can get out of there quick and you know put put Steph Curry on the bench and drop thirty points a game in the playoffs. So. Um, so yeah, starting off in the starting off in the G League is no shame. Now here's an interesting thing because we all know you, you know the scholarship situation is obviously a little tight, and we're not going to know until probably the end of May exactly what the scholarship situation looks like. If with Hunter coming back, if Caleb and Musa uh, do come back to school, they will be tapped out 
at scholarships unless someone takes it like an NIL-inspired walk-on spot. I've heard that could be the case uh, for one of the players. Uh, you, you might be able to guess wh- which one's most inclined to do that. Um, but because all of a sudden, you know, the scholarship situation is there. We don't really know what it is. And then you've got Terrence Shannon, you know, coming to, to, to campus and visiting with the team, the transfer from Texas Tech. We got word today via John Rothstein that Jalen Llewellyn out of Princeton is set to visit Michigan here this week. He's, uh, he was a 15.7 point per game score, 4.1 rebounds, 2.5 assists, shot 38.6 percent from three. Now, he's an Ivy League guy, obviously, but Michigan needs some shooters. You're losing Eli Brooks, and then it falls off a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Unless Caleb comes back and he, and he gets to his uh, his Team Canada-type shooting performances. Um, Jalen Llewellyn, Terrence Shannon, like, where are you finding room for these guys? Uh, I don't think the Amoni Bates thing is real, to be quite honest with you. I, I've seen some things. I'm, I'm sure Juwan has talked to him. I saw a picture today of him talking to him. I don't... I don't think there's a whole lot of interest there uh, from what I've heard for Juwan Howard and company. I don't think that that is a thing that will – I don't think Amoni's really on the radar that much. I think it's much more likely that a guy like Jalen Llewellyn or Terrence Shannon ends up transferring to Michigan if they do get a transfer than Amoni Bates. Oh, yeah, I totally agree. I don't think that that – I don't think that Bates is the type of player that fits the culture at Michigan. Um I mean, he's a great player, but I think that he showed this year um, that he's not as as. I was going to say, I don't even player. know. I don't really know how great of a player he is, to be quite honest with you, man. Yeah, I'm. I'm going to be honest with you. Like, so he 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 grew up. He grew up around around where I grew up. He went to um he went to middle school at a middle school in AAPS, which I went to another one. He was supposed to go to my high school, um, so I watched him play. Um, and you know, everyone's calling the next KD. Um, but I mean, Hey, my high school, I watched them, I watched them beat his team by 15 points. So, uh, I don't know. And then last year he kind of struggled, um, kind of showed that he wasn't the best team player. So personally, I don't think that that would be a good fit at Michigan. Um, obviously Juwan Howard and the other coaches know better than me, but I agree with you. I don't think that they're really interested in that either. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's, there's a ton of, of people potentially coming into the program, um, and, and something's going to have to happen to make room with that. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, I, d- I don't know where that is going to come from. I mean, there's a lot of talent in the, in the recruiting class coming in already, um, potentially adding those two transfers. Um, yeah, I mean, that's going to be, that's going to be a pretty full room. It is, man, it, it, it's such a different landscape to navigate right now with the transfer portal, because uh, again, Michigan scholarship sh- scholarship situation is really tight so it's interesting to see how they handle it I would imagine you know because you also have to you're trying to get these transfers before someone else does but you don't know whether two of your guys are coming back to school or not it is an incredibly fluid situation we're going to be keeping an eye on it I would love for Terrence Shannon to be a Michigan Wolverine I mean that would be incredible uh I don't know you know it's not much of a it's not a slam dunk he was obviously on campus I think he wants to we don't know what the uh admissions situation is that you know Michigan admissions uh notoriously difficult to transfer unless you're a grad transfer so yeah we'll see what happens here man uh it's it's going to be interesting it's going to be an an incredible incredible next couple of weeks 
but either way, I think Michigan's a good hand, especially with Hunter Dickinson returning and some of the talent they have returning. And you mentioned some of the, the talent they come in, got coming in, particularly Jet Howard uh, and Terrace Reed. I'm really excited for this Michigan team next year, and I think they'll gel a little bit quicker, I would imagine, than they, than they were able to this year. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, obviously, it's great to to bring in the transfer. I mean, bring in some transfers. You get Moose and Caleb back. I mean, man, that's awesome. But just getting Hunter back elevates this team so much with what they already have. Even if none of those guys end up coming to Michigan and Caleb and Musa don't come back, there's still a lot of potential for this to be a really good team next year. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors in life, whether they be big, small, or anywhere in between. And when we keep those bottled up, it can start to affect us in a negative way. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched up with a licensed therapist, and if for some reason that therapist isn't working out for you, you can switch at any time for no additional charge. Get life's challenges off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Block M to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Block M. So we're shifting gears here a little bit on Brewcast as we look ahead to Thursday night and really all weekend uh, with the 2022 NFL Draft. Could be a great night uh, for Michigan Wolverines everywhere. Um, potential number one overall pick, Aiden Hutchinson, obviously, though uh, sounds like maybe that's not necessarily happening. Uh, the betting market's definitely favoring Trayvon Walker and it do- that honestly doesn't even surprise me because, look, Trent Balky is incredibly petty, and I strive to be as petty as he is and how petty he is towards Jim Harbaugh. It's actually kind of amazing. Um, but Aiden Hutchinson, Dax Hill, maybe even David Ajabo from st- from some stuff I'm reading could sneak into the first round. So Michigan potentially could have three first-round picks Thursday night, almost certainly going to have two of them. Yeah, dude, I'm excited to see where these names go. And honestly, I'm excited about um, Aiden Hutchinson no longer being the favorite because, dude, I'm a Lions fan. I, I, I want Aiden <laughs> Hutchinson to be a Detroit Lion. So I would be perfectly fine with uh, with Trayvon Walker going number one and Hutch falling number two to the Lions. So let me ask you this, man. What if it happens it's Trayvon Walker number one, the Lions come up to the podium and they announce Kayvon Thibodeau? What, what is Scotty White's reaction? I'm going to be disappointed because <laughs> I love Hutch and I would love for him to be on my favorite NFL team. However, with these guys, you know, top three picks in the draft, you know, they're all crazy athletes. They're all insanely good. You can't really go wrong with any of them. Um, and also, let's be honest, the Lions aren't going to do anything in my life or ever. So it really doesn't make that big of a difference. <laughs> oh, man, I, I love the uh, forever optimism of Lions fans right there. <laughs> Yeah, I'm normally a very optimistic fan, but when it comes to the Lions, I just I don't have it, man. I haven't seen anything in my life. Yeah, and and obviously the the unfortunate thing about David Ajabo, you know, as I'm sure everyone listening knows, you know, remembers the the torn Achilles at the the Michigan Pro Day. Um, yeah. Otherwise, Michigan is looking at probably three top twenty five picks here on yeah. Thursday night. But regardless, like this is the next step 
in that building the program process. Like Michigan has had, you know, so some big picks. Obviously, Rashawn Gary, Jabril Peppers, um, you, you know, guys that have been taken in the first round. But to have this many top prospects coming off the year that you did, this is how you potentially start recruiting like Ohio State because everyone sees how many players Ohio State is putting in, how many players Alabama is put in the draft. How many players Georgia is about to be putting in the first round of the draft? This is the next stepping stone to building a national program, I believe. Oh, 100%, dude. I mean, you think about kids coming out of high school right now, especially with the rise of NIL, they want to win championships in college. They want to make the college football playoff. They want to be able to make money with NIL, and they want to be able to be a top, a top draft pick, and that's exactly what Michigan's doing. Um, you know, they won the Big Ten last year. They made the playoff. Michigan is going to be a great place to be for NIL. And now Michigan has already been showing that they can produce NFL talent. But like you said, man, to have potentially three first-round draft picks, I mean, that's a, that's a total game-changer. It really is, man. Uh, it, it'd be great for the program. Obviously, Michigan's probably going to have more than three players drafted uh, over the weekend. But but to see the top guys that Michigan is producing top talent, that is what the top-end recruits want to see, you know? I mean, we see it all the time. We, we always have people complaining, you know, they're, they're signing all the three stars early on and whatnot, and then maybe they make a push, you know, towards the top-10 class with, with some big-name prospects and things like that. But this is how you start getting in on the, the five stars is producing – First round NFL talent because every five star every single year envisions themselves as a future first round draft pick. They want to go to a place that's going to put them in that position to do that. Yeah, I mean, having um, having Hutch up there in the I mean, he's going to obviously be a, a top three pick. Um, I mean, getting them as close to the, the top as possible. Just like I said, it's a total game changer. I mean, especially if, if he can go number one overall, um, which is which is obviously still a really very real possibility. So where uh, let's let's do this real quick. Where do you think that Aiden Hutchinson goes? I think he's going to go to Detroit right now. I really do. Okay. So you've got you've got him going to Detroit. Do you think Dax Hill is the next Wolverine? I think uh, Aiden Hutchinson goes to Detroit as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about Dax Hill? You think he's the the second Michigan player off the board on Thursday night? I do, yeah, and it, it, it really is heartbreaking about um, Ajabo and, and the, the injury at Pro Day because, I mean, I really think that he was a lock to be a first-round pick, uh, but now it's kind of up in the air. Um, but, I mean, I still think that seeing what he did last season, I mean, he just started – like, he was not a football player his whole life, dude. I mean, like, he just started playing football. He comes in, he's, like, that dominant. It's just so impressive. I think that he's going to rehab from the injury really well. Um but obviously it's not a lock anymore. He's in the first round. Uh, I think it's a safer pick to say that um, Dax Hill is going to be the next one off the board. So where do you think Dax Hill goes off the board? That is a good question. I, I think that he's probably going to be around the 20 to 25 range. That's what I think. I think he actually ends up going number 22 to Green Bay. Uh, a lot of okay. people, a lot of folks like think Green Bay is, you know, going wide receiver. They need to go wide receiver. I don't think they're thinking that way right now, and I, th- I think Dax Hill is going to go off the board at 22 to Green Bay. And and do you have Ojabo going late first round or early second round? I think he is going to sneak into the late first round. I, okay. I do. I'm not exactly sure where. Now, that that is the, the interesting thing. I honestly think he could go 31 to Cincinnati. I think he could potentially go 29 to Kansas City. I, I think those are a, a couple potential spots. 
uh, for him. I, I do think he is going to sneak into the late first round, though. You know, especially with, I, I think, Cam Akers, him returning from an Achilles rupture last year for the NFL playoffs. I'm not saying David Ajabo could do that, but the seeing that and seeing that him able to produce off that injury, it's not exactly the, you know, uh, career-altering injury that it used to be because modern medicine is remarkable. So I, I think they'll expect David Ajabo. I don't know if he's going to play this year. Could be kind of a just a whole rehab year or whatnot, but you get potentially the extra year as well. That's why I think he goes late first round to one of those teams that might not necessarily need him as much. And I think Cincinnati's a good candidate. They revamped the offensive line here this year. Uh, could, if he's able to come and, and provide some pressure on the defensive line eventually in the season, because I'd imagine Cincinnati's thinking another Super Bowl run here. Um, yeah. I, I think a team like that late first round uh, potentially uh, could take a chance on him, knowing you could potentially pick up that fifth-year option down the road as well. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you there. Obviously, I think the uh, the Achilles injury is going to put him a little farther back than he would have originally been drafted, but I still do like him to squeak into the, uh, the late first round. Should be a fun weekend. Should be a great weekend, uh, I would think, for uh, Michigan football. I'm looking forward to Thursday night, man. Um, yeah, I, I, I can't wait. I love seeing... Um, Wolverines come off the board and uh, and get their NFL careers off to a good start. Um, so, yeah, can't wait for Thursday night. going to be fun. It is going to be fun, and uh, we'll be recapping it probably a little bit next week as well, reacting to where uh, the Wolverines are going to be playing. But for tonight and uh, for this week, that'll just about do it for us here on Brewcast. Scotty White, where can we find you on social media, my man? You guys can find me on Twitter at ScottyWhite underscore. Um, covering the baseball team right now as uh, they could come into the final stretch of their season um, and obviously still doing some football stuff and some basketball stuff as well. So you can give me a follow on Twitter at Scotty White underscore. You can find me on Twitter at Luke Giardi, L-U-K-E-G-H-I. A-R-D-I. You can follow the Brewcast Show page at Brewcast Show. And, of course, the main Maze and Brew page at Maze and Brew. Uh, subscribe, rate, leave a review. We really do appreciate it if you like the show. Uh, also, make sure to subscribe to the YouTube page. You know, Blue by 90 still doing a lot of good stuff on there. We'll be back to doing the live shows uh, come towards the end of summer for football season. So get ready for that on the, the Maze and Brew YouTube page as well. And check out all of our other great prod- podcasts throughout the the week. So that'll about wrap it up for us. For my partner, Scotty White, I'm Luke Yardy. We'll see you next week on Brewcast.